Welcome to the Gigless Podcast, a podcast showcasing the works and talents of those who lost their gigs during the COVID-19 pandemic. This podcast will feature a range of creatives from the tri-state area who are young visionaries and who contribute to their craft despite the recent events that have happened. Join us today as our host Remy Leibovic speaks with Jake Dillon, the multi-instrumentalist and singer from Pennsylvania. As a songwriter, Jake is deeply inspired by the works of Pink Floyd, experimental and slow ambient music, which can be heard in his music. In 2019, Jake released two tracks, which can be found on his EP entitled Changes. Currently, Jake plays drums with the band 89 Astro Band and has since then released the EP Stripped Down in 2020. You can learn more about Jake and his other projects in the show notes of this episode. Enjoy. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Gigless, the podcast that is about documenting creatives in the tri-state area that have lost their gigs through the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm Remy Lubick, and I'm here with my guest today, Jake Dillon. How's it going, everybody? Thanks for having me on. Of course. So, Jake, tell us about yourself. Uh, so, I am 23 years old, and I've been playing music for probably five years now. I started playing the drums um, in high school and then moved on to playing more of the piano and guitar, but I still played uh, the drums in multiple bands. And right now I'm in a band called 89 Astro Band, but I also have a bunch of original music too. Can you repeat that? 89 Astro? 89 Astro Band. Great. Like the car. So what's that music like for people who haven't seen your show? I would say it's, it's mostly alternative indie rock. Um, with a little mm-hmm. bit of like psychedelic stuff in there. So, but not like completely just like, we definitely write some more like catchy songs and stuff. It's not just like jamming. Absolutely. So who are you inspired by when you make your music? Because you say that you play, you're a multi-instrumentalist. Who inspires you to be that way? Let's see. Um, I'm definitely inspired by Pink Floyd. I can't say I'm you're the guitarist of David Gilmore, obviously. I don't think anyone is, but um, in terms of the style I write, I, I like to kind of write slower, ambient uh, music um, with long instrumentals, kind of like Pink Floyd does. But um, I also incorporate, I'd say, a lot of elements of like Coldplay. I try to be very melodic and almost have a little bit of a, a pop influence from them, I would say. So it's kind of a weird combination of both. Right. So let's get into the strawberry swing of things. Where has your craft taken you? (laughs) Well, let's see. Um, Well, I have tried to think of the best way to answer that question. I have uh, three singles and an EP out. Um, Two of the singles are on that EP. But so I just started putting music on Spotify back in September. That's all my original stuff. Um, And then I have we're about to have two EPs and like three singles out on Spotify for 89 Astro Van. And we had a bunch of gigs planned for this month. Um, but obviously because of coronavirus, those got canceled, which stinks. Right. It was going to be like our biggest month yet in terms of that. I'm so sorry to hear that. So, so what streaming platform for you, for your music have you, would you say is 
your best one yet? Like what's the best reaction? Is it Spotify? Is it SoundCloud? Is it YouTube? Like what's gotten the best reaction? Definitely Spotify. Um, I'd say for, for my original music and for my band, we both, we pretty much only pay attention to the Spotify um, analytics and everything. Um, it's our music is on all streaming platforms, but for the most part, people listen on Spotify just from what right. we've gathered. Right. Because they have the recommended and you kind of can go down a rabbit hole of things that you like and discovering. So Absolutely. I would say that would be helpful. Right. So have you worked with any other local bands in the past, like big bands that you like, who were some of the people that you were supposed to be doing the shows with? Um, let's see. So we work a lot with our uh, friends, the space gurus. So we played, let's see, uh, one or two gigs at the same, uh, with them. And we were supposed to play with them at NJ Weedman's joint, which is in Trenton. Um, and it's like a, it's kind of a, cannabis uh dispensary and they also have a venue there so we were supposed to play with them um i wouldn't say like any huge bands that anyone would recognize their names necessarily again because we just started in the fall um but we played at, at bourbon and branch and um we're trying to get in uh, the fire we couldn't play there the one week on weekend unfortunately they were supposed to and um some other uh venues around the philly area that a lot of the local bands play but mostly the space gurus is who we are, are trying to um, play gigs with. They're more like in the psych psychedelic realm of rock, um, mm -hmm. but they're super good musicians. Definitely check them out also. I definitely will. I just followed them on. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yes. So um, would you say that you're Philadelphia based, South Jersey based? Philly, definitely. Um, we practice like right just outside of Northeast Philly. I don't know if you're familiar with that area. Um, mm -hmm. It's like right outside of Somerton, but. Yeah, definitely Philly. That's where we're looking to play gigs, Fishtown, like Kung Fu Necktie, places like that. And we want, that's where we want to kind of establish a fan base. I'm familiar with Kung Fu Necktie, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we were supposed to have a gig, uh, get a gig there too. Kinda yeah, sick. it's been, it's definitely been difficult. And Philadelphia has, from what I understand, they have their own form of a lockdown. And yeah, no, it's definitely COVID-19 has definitely affected all of the tri-state faster than it affected any other part of the country. Oh so, God. right. So for people that don't usually see your gigs or aren't familiar with your work, you know, what's the typical gig like for you guys? Do you guys play in a uh, bar or do you guys play in a concert hall? Like what's your typical venue look like? Uh, so I would say more, more of a concert hall is uh, what we started like in the past few months to get into. Um, but we started off playing in just kind of like bars uh, where it's not like specifically a music venue. Um, but we definitely you know, obviously prefer to play in like a concert hall where they sell tickets and everything like, like a place like Bourbon and Branch. That's how we have um, like a whole video recap of that. It's really cool. It's on our YouTube. Um, I'll definitely check it out. Yeah. And I'll post the link in the show notes so that people can find you and follow you guys and see what your gigs look like so that when everything comes back, they'll be excited to go to them again. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. So, you know, how has COVID-19 affected you as a musician? Because you said that you lost all of these gigs, but 
you know, are you working with limited resources? Do you not have access to your studio? Like what is, what does it look like for you? Uh, yeah. So I don't have access to my studio, which, which really sucks. Um, but honestly, because of, we'll probably talk more about this later, but like depleted financial resources, um, it's, I wouldn't really be going in anyway, even if I could. Um, but yeah, so I don't have my studio, but what that allows me to do is just kind of set up um, my keyboard and my guitar and just, and just work on music. So it's definitely um, forced me to, to write like the skeleton of a bunch of songs. I just can't go in and record, which is hard sometimes when you, you know, sometimes you need the drums and the bass and like good mixing, mastering and everything to like really feel like you know where you're going with a song. Um, but either way, that's my writing process has kind of always been that way anyway, where I just, I write on the piano um, like the skeleton of the song. And then, yeah, so I've been doing a lot of that. I have a lot of like right. down for songs. Right. And are you thinking about your band members? Like, are you missing them? Are you missing the interaction? Cause I know that music is like, Oh, very much like, Oh, you play a note and then I'll play a note and then we'll see if it works. And like people, a lot of bands that I know, they start like that. So are you experiencing that? uh loss yeah definitely uh the last time we practiced was about a month ago um you know and that's a that's a lot that's that's hard to take when we were practicing almost twice a week consistently and for hours each time i mean sometimes like three or four hours so that's been really hard and um now like our two guitarists and singers and and aiden and astrovan they have been working very hard to record new material. They have the capability at their house, you know, they have um, recording, good recording softwares and mics and everything like that. So they've recorded a lot of material, but it's, again, it's hard for them to envision like what the song could sound like if I was there giving input and everything. And it's just not the same if you try to like text and FaceTime, it's just not, it's not the same. So it definitely affected the writing and recording process. And with us, like our plan this year was to put out a lot of music like four EPs at least just because we have all the songs and we are we have a good deal with our recording guy and everything so um, our studio guy but yeah it's put a, a lot of the recording process on hold like actually trying to finish songs right and are you guys all from Philly or are you guys out on the outskirts now have you guys had to like move back home what's that been like um so the Two of the guys in my band are brothers, Dylan and Justin. Um, and so they, they live together in their house. Mm-hmm. And then Luke is our bassist. He's from Maryland. He moved up here for music. He knew a friend of a friend and somehow ended up meeting us. Um, and yeah, and then I am from Philly, obviously moved to Charleston and then moved back here. Um, but I found these guys through Instagram and, uh, yeah, I'm running. I'm just running a room with an old coworker. I'm not living at home anymore. But thank God, honestly. I th- I know. I honestly feel you with that because I know a bunch of people who just left New York City today, and they were just like, I can't take not being close to like family, or they moved back into their family's houses, or they moved in with friends because they were just with roommates. So. And I know that creatives are very sensitive to like who they're around with, like impacts their work. So that's why I was asking. But right. And so, you know, how has this shift changed your artwork, like your music? 
Well, for one, um, I've definitely been writing songs and lyrics more about like isolation and quarantine and stuff. And I wouldn't say it's, it's necessarily about me personally. Some of it is, but I like to make my songs more in a general sense about what's going on around me. So it's just more like observing and what I hear about other people and their quarantine experiences. That's definitely influencing my music and what I'm writing for sure. Probably even down to the sound, like a little bit eerie, a little less like, um, like song structures, I think are just going to be a little different from this time. I don't know. It's hard to describe, but I'm liking the stuff that I'm writing for sure. That's good. At least like, you know, you're enjoying your output. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I, I, you know, I try to force myself to write a certain way, like almost more pop, pop style, however you want to say it. But I just like, I, I don't know. That's actually harder for me to just write like a little catchy four chord song. Um, I, I like to write the more introspective, um, detailed, I guess. Uh, yeah. Sounding so I like Pink Floyd. Right. Ride the spiral to the end. <laughs> that's how it feels. That does how. That's how it feels at times. If you tune into my live stream, you might uh, at some point you'll probably hear that the one song I was really talking about about quarantine. Um, mm -hmm. I'm excited to record that one, but I have to kind of wait till this is over. Absolutely, and I would feel that like you know taking a more intro introspective look. I mean, you're writing about it. How do you feel about this? Like, how are you coping with it mentally and emotionally? I'd say mentally and emotionally, I'm, I'm fine, but probably a lot of that, of that has to do with the fact that I have my instruments to play. Mm -hmm. So like, um, I was at my house at the very beginning of this. And then, um, because my roommate was immunocompromised, I was like, I'm, and I, I wasn't going to be able to see my girlfriend then. I wasn't going to be able to see my girlfriend. Sorry, I said that really fast. Um, okay. I was like, I'll just go to her house and I'll at least have a space to like write and, and record. Um, well, like voice memos, but you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, my music has helped keep me sane for sure. Right. I mean, that's the, that's the reality of the situation is that everybody's spaces are just being changed and everybody is having to go through like different adjustments, but it's, you know, I'm happy that you're able to keep up with it and you're, you know, expressing yourself and you're not, and you're keeping that momentum to keep yourself busy. Yeah, exactly. I like before this, and I'm sure it's true for a lot of people, but, um, you know, I was gone most days from the time I woke up to the time I went to bed, just right. like doing my normal day job, then going to band practice or teaching a couple of lessons. Cause I did a bunch of stuff and I will once, once we go back to normal life. But so I knew it was going to, I was going to have to fill my time in order to not go crazy during this time. Right. Um, I've done that through music. Um, the live stream every day usually kills about an hour. So, and it's really good practice for live performance. So. And it keeps you on a schedule and a routine, which is what a lot of people are suggesting that people do is like start a routine at least. Yeah, definitely. Right. Because there, there are so many unknowns already with this, with quarantine mm -hmm. and coronavirus and everything. Like we still don't really know when things are going back to normal. So to at least know what your day looks like can provide, you know, a relief. Right. Absolutely. So, you know, 
so you're writing new songs, you're looking into different, you know, outlets. Is there another form that you're expressing yourself with, like another art form? I wouldn't uh, say, not necessarily, like, I definitely appreciate, um, like I were saying before that you, uh, that you draw and you do, um, graphic design and all that stuff. Like I definitely, I love looking at art like that. You know what I mean? Like even that in a way is therapeutic. Um, I've been doing a lot of editing videos for, um, like promoting our new EP. So I guess that's not quite just, you know, uh, writing music and playing music. I'm, I'm trying to make cool little promo videos and stuff. So I guess that's, that's, that could be a way, um, that I've been expressing myself also, but, um, yeah, been playing a lot of guitar recently with like backing tracks, just trying to become better, better guitarist. But aside from music, not a, not a ton. Right. What do you find therapeutic about graphic, like looking at graphic design? This is just a personal question for me. Man, it's a good question. That that is hard to explain. It's it's really just the overall sense of like awe and wonder that I get from looking at some pieces. Um, like I was saying, that guy, uh, Fados Art, he's the one who did my most recent album artwork. I mean, his stuff, like, it's almost like I can hear music. It sounds so weird to say, but when looking at his um, his artwork, you know, I would say that the piece that became my album artwork probably influenced, in a way, the song that I was writing because of how they tied together, if that makes sense. Right this one artist, his name's uh, Kandinsky. He was an artist that would listen to music and create artwork based on what he heard. So maybe you should like look into that and definitely like maybe like make artwork to your music. That'd be interesting. Yeah, or, or make music to artwork that I look at. That's definitely, it could go either way. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. I, and I didn't even really put that together until you asked me that question. So I'd never been asked that yeah. question before, but it's, it's cool. I mean, I think sometimes like, you know, just looking at a painting or a picture, a lot of people won't, won't recognize like the amount of work and thought that went into that piece. You know, like, again, I just keep using this because it's a, it's fresh in my mind, but that the artwork that I used for my um, single that came out, you know, he spent at least, five or six hours just on that alone. So, you know, that's much, I just feel like people don't realize how much time and effort and care goes into that. Oh, absolutely. When you're making a logo for a band or just for anything, there's so many renditions that you have to go through. And then, you know, with the drafts and the edits and the everything like that, it's, and then working with the client, it's such a process to get to that last logo. And it's, you know, it's definitely interesting when you're with people who are creative, but are not like designers. So like when you're working with a musician, like making their logo, like what, what are the things that they like? Okay. What do they like about this logo? Oh, they like that it's, that it's in script or they like that it looks handwritten or there's so many aspects and elements of design that go into creating that final output. And it's just so interesting to collaborate with other creatives that aren't designers when you're doing it. Oh yeah. Absolutely. So to get back to our discussion, um, 
you know, what is inspiring you now? Hmm. Question. I feel like I've been listening to a lot of the same music. Um, well, that's, that's not necessarily true, but I've, I've listened to a lot of the same music for years. And again, I keep coming back to Pink Floyd just because I love them. I love Pink Floyd so much. Um, I think they were geniuses, but I recently I've gotten into Cage the Elephant and I'd say they're helping influence me to write slightly differently. Um, I think they do a good job of uh, writing interesting songs that are not like pop songs at all, but they're also very catchy, um, which I like. That's what I, I aim to do. I guess that, so they've been influencing me in that way to be like catchy, but have it not just be like a simple pop song. And again, I feel like I sound like I'm knocking on pop. I think it's, there's certainly an art to it, to writing a good pop song, but um, just in terms of like what I'm going for it, say Cage the Elephant has been influencing me a little bit. Maybe Rain Rainbow Kitten Surprise. I don't know if you've heard of them. No. Let yeah, they're, they're like an all indie band. You should definitely check them out. They're pretty big. Michael Sarah has his own band. And you know what? It sounds exactly like you would think Michael Sarah's band would sound like. Really? Yeah. <laughs> singer? Yeah. Wow. He is the crazy. singer. I, the name is Rainbow Kitten Surprise. Okay, following them. And then Michael Sarah's band. I was just listening to something by them. But I'll check that out too. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so what is your plan for the future then? Like what is your what are you hopeful for? Where do you think your projects are gonna take you? I'm hopeful, um, especially with our new material coming out with the 89 Astro van, that we can start getting some bigger gigs and maybe open for some um bigger bands, like I don't know if you've heard of Molada and the Humble. It'd be pretty cool to try to open for them. They're straight out of, they're like an indie band that came out of Philly. Um, so that's definitely in next year or two, we would love to do something like that again, because we're, we're putting out a lot of music and I feel like uh, this EP we have coming out Monday is like, it's, it's such a step up from what we just put out even a couple months ago. So um, yeah, I'm hope I'm hoping that with that and with my original stuff, um, you know, they're, they're kind of separate, but whatever, wherever it takes me, you know, I'm just going to keep trying to show people my music and, and hope they like it. And if they do try to keep getting gigs and just keep growing an audience. I think, um, for 89 Astrovan though, one of our main goals is by the end of the year to reach like a thousand followers because we just made the Instagram page a few months ago and we're almost, I think we're at over 400 now. So Ooh. pretty happy about that. I'm definitely excited. So Michael Sarah's band is the long goodbye. Long goodbye. The long goodbye. Okay. I think I think it's the long goodbye. That's what it says on his. Yeah, that's what it says on the. That's what it says on the on the Wikipedia. Okay, so, gotcha. And I'll I'll send you anything else that I see, but um, yeah. And I think it's something else that like that he sings for, but he's like in two different bands, I guess. But anyway, but yeah, my my like low key obsession with indie movies. Um, no, but that's great that you know that you're looking forward to the future and that you have some kind of plan. And you know, what is 
you know, what do you think as a musician, how do you think gigs are going to be affected by this? Like, what do you think that the gig's going to look like now? Well, I guess what I hope for and what they will be, or maybe there may be different answers for both, but, um, you know, I want to see an influx of people like you who are like, who want to support local music and that there's just people coming out to, to local venues and everything and just supporting, um, you know, after this time, we're like, we're all, we're all just so eager to play shows for people and just connect with people, you know, cause that's, there's nothing better than playing live. There's just nothing. It's not about the money or anything else. Like, it's just like, that is just, just the euphoria of playing live. Um, I hope that there's even an even bigger audience uh, for local artists after this. Right. And people want to get out, you know? Yeah. People do want to get out. I mean, um, do you, do you see yourself collaborating with more people once this is done? Like, have you met a lot of people are saying, and I'm, I'm one of those people. Have you met more people on by doing, by being like separated? Have you met more people online than you would in person? Yes. Yes. Um, so quarantine has allowed me, um, to really grow my Instagram page. And that's, I feel that's the best way to market and to, to talk with people and fans is, is through Instagram. That's what I've found. Um, so I probably, it's, again, it's not like about the numbers, but it just shows like that I've been meeting and talking to a lot more people. I probably went up 200 followers in the past month just because of, you know, people are doing like follow loops and stuff. So I've, I've met and talked to so many other artists just on Instagram. It's been really cool. And I mean, that's how I found you. Was it through Instagram? Yeah. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So we are gigless Instagram, you know, it's today is is April 18th, but we started our, we started our Instagram like, you know, about a month ago and we have like 70 something followers. I think we're at 77 right now. Uh, we have like over 500 views on YouTube and it's like, yeah, it's like hitting, it's really hitting the ground and running. And I, and I'm just so grateful for it because more people are understanding and seeing the perspective of tri-state area creatives and more people are learning about who's in their community. And, you know, if you miss a gig, you know, not only do you miss the band that's playing or the artists that are producing or the gallery that is going on, but you're missing like, who's in your community you're not being able to check and see like who's in your community yeah this is such a great tool um and it's awesome that you're doing this you know hopefully a lot you you know hopefully a lot of people are who do podcasts are doing the same sort of thing and you know i'll definitely be posting about this and just telling people i don't know if you guys are like backed up with people trying to get on the podcast or whatever but i'll send them we'll make it work just send them. We have an open door policy. If you are a tri-state area creative and you've lost your gig, I don't care if you're a musician, artist, designer, drag queen. If you lost some kind of creative income because of this whole thing, you are welcome on this podcast. Awesome. Well, that's amazing. I definitely have, I can think of like five just right now I could send your way. So <laughs> send them. Yeah. Send them. But yeah, no, it was great talking to you, Jake. It was really awesome to see your perspective and just hear like how you're finding your way through this. And I cannot wait to like 
listen to your psychedelic indie music. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I hope that I, maybe you can tell me if that's my sound or not. Someone said it's like experimental soft rock. That's, that's a good, another good way to describe my music. So many genres. It's just that there's so many genres of music. Like, like I can name six different types of metal genres right, right. now off the bat. And it's like those Technical even are subcategories of those genres. And it's like, there are people, and what's crazy is there are people in universities, in academia, documenting the, all of those genres. And it's a good and a bad, I don't know. It's, it's a good thing because you want people to be, I guess it allows you to target your audience better, but mm-hmm. I, yeah, I want to just try to appeal to a, like a super wide audience, honestly. So I don't want to be in a cage. I think, especially some of the new music I'm working on, like some of it, um, is a little more obscure and might blue, might lose some people. I don't know, but a lot of it is, it's going to appeal to like a wider audience. Yeah. I think that now I think a lot more people are just taking the time to explore music a little bit more because, uh, I'm very passionate about the bands that I like and I find myself, you know, ex- having, you know, more time to like look into new bands. And I've always listened to like bands that people have sent my way but now with this whole thing I just have so much more time to like really pause everything sit back and listen to something and I think that like because on my normal day I would be like all right going you know I gotta go pick up something or I gotta go to the grocery store let me put on like you know the same five lists of songs you know that's cool though well I have um a Philly music like playlist that me and a bunch of friends just made and I can also like send that your way just so you can check it out. Yeah. We're going to link it in the show notes. Nice. Awesome. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So that's the interview. Thank you so much again for being on Gigless. Well, thank I you so much for having me. And do you mind if I just say one more time, like just the name of some of the stuff I put out so people can find it? Go ahead. And guess what? You're going to have your own show notes page because I like, you know, doing work cited. So everyone will be able to find all of your work on our website. That is so awesome. I'm, I'm yes. really excited about that. Well, um, I guess even though you're going to have that in there, might as well just say, um, Go ahead. my name is Jake Dillon and you can find my music primarily on Spotify. Um, I have an EP out called changes that came out in the fall. And then I just put out a single called mountain. You can check uh, both those out on Spotify, my band, 89 Astro van, like the car, 89 Astro van. Um, you can find, also on all streaming platforms. We've got a bunch of music out. Um, you can just go straight to our Spotify and find all of that. Um, we got a new EP coming out Monday, but yeah, I'm pretty stoked about that. I feel like I want to make a Spotify gigless playlist with all awesome the people idea. that have been on gigless. I think that's going to be my next project for the week. Cool. And just so there you, you go. see. Always thinking of something to keep you busy. Follow. I hit follow. You can't see it with the green screen, but I hit follow. My first follower. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) 73 monthly listeners. You're there. Yep. I know. I've pretty much, I've peaked. I've peaked. All right. Well, thank you so much for peaking with us. This has been Gigless. Thank you so much. Cut it out. Thank you for listening to the Gigless Podcast, hosted by Remy Leibovic and produced by Dane Wagner. 
The song used in our intro and outro is Beach Walk by Unicorn Heads. If you enjoyed this podcast, head over to our social media pages on Instagram at Gigless Podcast and our website, giglesspodcastblog.wordpress.com. There, you can find out more about the artist, contact the host and producer, and find out more about our schedule. Thank you.